Welcome to the Old Mamas Podcast. I'm your host, Christine McGlinchey Yap. In each episode, I'll cover topics in the area of maternal health and spiritual wellness. You'll hear from guests who will share their professional and personal experiences as we navigate the journey to and through motherhood together. This is an intentional space for you to learn and grow. So sit back and enjoy. everyone. My guest for today is Denise A. Castro. She is a Cuban-American who currently resides in Miami, Florida, and she is the mother of a three-year-old son and baby daughter. Her entrepreneurial background highlights marketing strategies, graphic consulting, and business leadership expertise. She is the founder and owner of Virtual Mom Collective and Dak Mac Photography. She's an active mom blogger who's been published by Scary Mommy, The Bearing All Project, motherhood the real deal the manifest the manifestation and the selfie uk she holds a dual bfa in photography and graphic design and marketing and business management and an mba in leadership from florida international university she's passionate about empowering moms to speak about their own stories her own journey into motherhood is what sparked her venture into writing and she's an advocate for gender equality in the workplace for women So treating gender diversity like the business priority it is, she promotes self-worth empowerment for working moms. The Virtual Mom Collective was founded on this principle, and her desire is that the VMC serves as a platform of support and community that enables moms to speak their truths during hashtag this new normal. Welcome, Denise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Of course. And I'm so glad you're here with us. I know you are a very busy woman. You just recently had your daughter, your little baby girl. How old is she now? She's three months on Sunday. Yes. Oh my gosh. What a blessing. So you were a pandemic mama, which is a struggle in all of its own on top of a normal quote unquote motherhood. Then we have a pandemic to add to it. And I know you have a lot of thoughts. The intention of this conversation was to talk about, you know, mother and maternal mental health during the pandemic, as well as the effects of that postpartum. So having a new baby and this pandemic is a whole nother layer of the struggles and, you know, the the mental health uh, overall of moms. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yes, my my daughter will be three months on Sunday, and um, I want to touch on the fact that, you know, um, when you have a baby, you might um, normally, without a pandemic thrown into the mix, um, sort of get up caught up in the motherhood role, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes, um, you know, we might have a loss of identity, um, and I think stressful factors with a pandemic. Definitely, I under underwent, you know, personally on a personal level, this struggle of trying to find myself um, again in the many roles that we serve. Um, you know, we we're working mothers. We might have another child at home. We might have a full time job. We might um, have a side project. We have many hats that we wear. So, you know, with the birth of a child, that sort of gets put on hold, and your outlet. So. Um, so to speak, gets paused, you know, your outlets, uh, being able to go out, um, 
being able to do, you know, a recreational things like maybe yoga, which with the pandemic has been difficult. So, you know, you rely heavily on the virtual connections like I did, but you still get that loss of identity. So I, I want to, I want to touch up on how sometimes you have to really work on self-worth, especially when you suffer postpartum depression. And, you know, I am currently um, seeking help for postpartum depression. And um, it was a lot harder with my daughter. And I'm not sure if it's also the condition of the pandemic being part of the, the, um, the picture, but it's so important that you ask for help because even when you have, you know, a group or a community side by side, that may not be enough. So I, I really want to urge moms, you know, who may feel like, you know, I am indoors, uh, all the, the necessities that I need to, to, to move ahead are harder right now with the conditions that are currently, you know, floating around us, but it's still necessary to push forward because if you don't, then again, you get lost, that identity loss will just sort of rub from underneath you as like and you forget about yourself. You know, you forget about yourself. You, you forget about your needs. Um, your 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 mental health is directly correlated to your physical health. So you might be physically fine and be able to do it all, but your your maybe your your mind is not in sync with your body. So it's just so important, um, you know, to listen to listen to your body when mm-hmm. when it says, "I need a break. I need help." You know. Right. Yeah, that is definitely so important. And with all the restrictions, you know, you, you're limited in your options of what you get to do with your kids. And you might not have those supports in place that you had prior, whether it was, you know, a family member, a friend, or even like daycare um, as an offer to you right now. So what would you recommend for moms who are like yourself going through that isolation, that isolation period of motherhood, because, you know, typically mothers have that isolation period, like up to four months of sometimes even up to six months of keeping your child at home, you staying at home, you know, fear of, you know, diseases that can easily spread to a newborn child and all that, um, that anxiety and that worry. How have you been able to cope and find, you know, some comfort and some time? Like, do you have any tips or insights? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say the first thing is you, you really gotta, um, you gotta, you have to understand that your shame is coming from a place of, you know, deep rooted from, you know, mom guilt. And I, um, you know, I, when I, when I realized that I was having inadequate thoughts of being an inadequate mother Mm -hmm. um that you know I wasn't I wasn't feeling the the uh, the joy and the connection of you know having my second child immediately I already had that shame 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 Mm -hmm. and the funny thing about shame is it um you know inhibits your true feelings of not seeking help so, you know, you might be reading online a lot of tips and recommendations of, and seeing other moms and do the comparison thing on maybe on social media, because right now, let's face it, you know, that it's what's available mostly, um, you know, virtual, virtual things. Um, 
it um, it's brought in a lot, probably a lot more shame to mothers, um, myself included, where, you know, we don't want to talk about the truth. Um, so I want to say when you're ready to say, talk about your truth, and it might take you a while. And it took me, a, I want to say, a, a good month um, to say, hey, you know, I am not doing well right now in, in, in the sense that I, I feel like, I'm not a hundred percent, you know, happy and joyful for this, this uh, period of, you know, postpartum period that I'm, that I'm undergoing. And, um, until I, you know, admitted that I was ashamed, um, even so when I, you know, I have a community that helps and serves for this particular purpose, um, I felt that shame. So my, you know, for, for tips and to, to get, once you get over that shame, the honesty, right? The rivers of uh, honesty start flowing, as I like to say. And I let that, those rivers of honesty just pour out of me all the ugly things, even if they're not attractive and, you know, they're not, you know, the picture perfect mother and baby um, scenarios. And so we also created a series on the virtual collective called Raw Motherhood, where we really want to talk about the you know, periods were not so nice, um, where, you know, you have mom guilt, you have shame, you have um, hurdles of not being able to connect with your daughter through breastfeeding, for example. So, you know, that also, I was ashamed. That's another good point. I was ashamed because I was hospitalized again, my second week postpartum of my daughter, and we were separated for a week. And that week, you know, Unfortunately, I had kidney stones. My daughter was not no longer latching. She didn't want to breastfeed. So I felt, you know, all these terrible, terrible emotions of like, I'm not connecting with her. She doesn't love me. She, you know, I'm a bad mom. I can't breastfeed and I have so much supply, but she doesn't want it. So you feel like all it's just this, all these spiraling different emotions. So once I brought that to the forefront of like this, this is what I am. This is what younger virtual is undergoing. You know, I felt so much more con- connected to my community because they all related to their stories and told me I've been there. It happened with my son. Happened with my daughter. I'm currently, you know, about to have a baby. You know, what are your tips? And you know, there's no way around this kind of scenario. Maybe you don't have the scenario that happened to me. Maybe it's a little bit easier for you but my really my tips is to always practice with honesty like I said and and, and tackle your shame yeah because that is the the best first step to then wanting to seek help like I did so yeah um, yeah that's um those are my tips yeah no the honesty piece is huge because we don't want to be honest because we're programmed to think oh, I can't show people all the messy bits. Like, you know, it's that perfect stylized photo of the mom on Instagram who has a full set of makeup and her hair perfectly done and she's vacuuming and she's holding the baby and she's smiling. And gosh, and then we think we're inadequate. Like you said earlier, it's the inadequacy of motherhood when you're in that comparison game of, wow, this mom has it all under control. I'm a mess. I'm the only outlier. Like I'm the only mom who's a mess. 
when in reality, we all have those moments, right? And it's the messiness of motherhood that I think we do get to normalize, like you said. And that's what I really love about your community, the Virtual Mom Collective. It's normalizing these conversations around, you don't have your shit together. You're not perfect. Right, right. There's so much stigma. Yeah, Yeah, it's that stigma of like that perfectly stylized blog and that that mom, the image of the mom, like the super mom. And we're all super moms. Just because you have a bad day doesn't make you a bad mom. Like all of these things that we get to normalize now in motherhood that were so like taboo, like, oh, you don't tell anyone that you hate breastfeeding. Like don't, don't tell anyone that you don't want to be around your child right now. And these are the mental health issues. I think that we get to detached from like the mental images of like that perfect motherhood experience that were so ingrained, even like the perfect labor. Oh, you know, you have a perfect labor and all of like the perfectionism that we get to kind of dispelled. And I love that you have a campaign going on about raw motherhood where we really get to shift the narrative and we really get to be honest and embrace our stories. Um, no matter how they look it's that messiness that we get to talk about that really provides people with the healing and saying like oh i'm not alone and you know it's that uncomfortable conversation but you know we finally have a space to have it where we don't have to feel judged or like a horrible mom because you're like oh well here i am surrounded by other horrible moms i guess you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) so It's a really beautiful purpose and mission that, you know, the Virtual Mom Collective has. And I just see the impact of all of your panels. And so talk to us a little more about the panel that you guys are going to be curating um, about body image and self-worth. And I'm sure that ties in a lot. And it probably really resonates with you being only three months postpartum right now. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we have um, this. The topic for this month is a woman's body of the motherhood, um, you know, the mental and physical changes that we undergo mm-hmm. and really the expectations of, you know, you having it together after a six or eight week postpartum yeah. period, which, you know, some people, you know, it might be some women in my work and then some others, it's, it's just too short. Um, for me, it's too short. Um, I, I, especially with my second child, I, I feel like, you know, having, that conversation, like you said, on the, on the forefront of, and from experts who, uh, you know, we have a sleep consultant who talks about the importance of getting a sleep routine, but understanding how you sleep first. Mm-hmm. So that dictates then how you are going to, you know, sleep train your children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's no perfect way, obviously this is, um, we all go through different motions, but I think it's important um, that we, we talk about the ugliness too, you know, like, we're not a hundred percent excited either to notice that we have a lot of hormonal changes. Our hair falls out mm-hmm. uh, in particular, you know, your, your breastfeeding. If you, if you do breastfeed constantly, it is, it is a very, very time consuming, uh, wonderful. It's a bonding experience, but it's very time consuming and it can also be very mentally jarring for, for some moms. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to, you know, just highlight what the body does because ready, we're a vessel. And then after, you know, pregnancy, that vessel starts changing and your uterus, as I like to say, um, it's almost like it mourns the child 
you go through periods where your body feels like, hey, you know, what happened here? Mm-hmm. I had a little person that was taken care of. And your, you know, your your organs just feel different, your hormones feel different. Mm-hmm. And the way that you operate is going to be completely different. I am a different mom now. Mm-hmm. I am a different version. So as I say, mom 2.0, and I'm I'm mom, you know, whatever, 2.5 with a an upgrade. So I'm I'm trying to understand like the the mental and physical changes and how those two together work and they don't work because they necessarily some days they don't work. I don't I you know do not feel happy that my hair is falling out in in particular. Like it it makes it that bodily response is um, losing a part of myself. You know um, I like getting ready and it was a ritual for me in the morning. So getting ready and noticing that my hair hair is falling out is is very is you know it's 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 physically and mentally debilitating sometimes because you're not ready yeah. for those changes. So, but embracing that and understanding and other moms who have obviously maybe have, have undergone the same thing, but having those conversations, um, and you know, for C-section mamas, for example, that healing is a lot longer, um, and uh, we need to start normalizing that you know healing whether you have a C-section or a regular um, delivery, it's still very painful and your body ha- goes through this, you know, trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, Mom Talk, who's a specialist, she's a, you know, what, a massage therapist, in particular for birth trauma. So she's going to talk about, um, you know, how she sees it from her own personal, you know, birth story and how she now promotes massage therapy for the po- for postnatal care for moms because we just, you know, we, we have the baby, we are in the hospital a couple of days and then we, you know, we have minimum supplies as we like to say, the, the large pad and the, all the, uh, the, the squirt bottle and all the, you know, painkillers if you take any. And so your body is just like in shock, you know? So I feel like my body now is now waking up, you know, now sort of, connecting the dots with the mind like I'm not pregnant anymore I'm still supplying milk but um you know how do I get this body of mine to work around the schedule that I had before and the reality is you don't you don't you have to create something new you have to you know work work with what you've got right what you got is beautiful either way but yeah I just want to say that no definitely and I like let's talk for a second about the pressures, like the societal pressures, I guess, of motherhood is what you touched on, where after six weeks, you're expected to be back in shape, and you're expected to be, um, you know, I'm just taking a moment here to reflect on my own personal journey, because my daughter's a year and a half old, and a lot of what you said resonates with me, like having an entirely new, new body. So you become pregnant, and your body changes, and then your postpartum, your body changes, and it's like your body is just constantly changing now. It's like a metamorphosis of like not only age, but like experience of motherhood as you go through it. And it's kind of like that acceptance of, okay, and that morning that we go through of our former selves. Right. And like that acceptance and embracing like, okay, this is who I am right now because when the baby's three months versus when the baby's six months, when the baby's a year versus when the baby's 10 years old, it's just once 
you hit that the journey of motherhood is just a continuous evolution, just milestones upon milestones. And when you have that self-realization and that acceptance and that wild like compassion for yourself and that gratitude, I think that's when we can start to shift things and like take off all of that pressure um, from like societal conditionings. Because I remember I had a, a vaginal birth but at six weeks, I was like, what? Like I, I did a, I did sit-ups just because I was like, okay, it's six weeks now. Everyone says I should get in shape. And I was like, I, I'm not doing this. My body just felt so tender. It felt so foreign still. It was like you said, morning, like my womb was just, it was not ready to like contract again. It right. was still very much like, where's our baby? And even now, like my body is changing again, you know, a year and a half later, I still feel like my body, I'm still breastfeeding, weaning off of breastfeeding and claiming those parts of my body back is still like a foreign experience. It is. And that's hard. That's really hard. The weaning because you're, you, you, it's like that you feel like, okay, it's time, but then you're like, you feel like you're severing the bond, right? Yeah. Oh, talk about guilt and shame. Oh man. Yeah. That's a whole other layer of it when you're like, I'm taking away a natural response of my child and like the comfort and our, our instincts, you know, as like humans and like animals or like our nature, like our body wants to take over and, you know, but like you said, like that identity shift, right? The identity and the role of the mother, how we get to shift that and how it gets to evolve as our children grow um, and trying to do the best for our children to learn them individuality, to teach them individuality and to be self-sufficient and supportive. So it's just a continual process. And what I love, you know, your community has mothers who from newborns to teenagers to like empty nesters, like college kids. And there's just so much to learn along the way when we realize that it is a process and it's never going to be solved today. Like your body image and all of those things that we identify with are constantly going to change. And it's just how do we keep up? Like, how do we keep up with that acceptance piece? Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, what I can say is that you really should give yourself grace mm -hmm. as much, as much grace as possible. Yeah. I am completely guilty of not giving myself enough grace. Like I wanted to bounce back really quick and, you know, be like, you know, I'm just felt like I was on top of the world and I was so excited about, you know, the virtual collective and in particular and everything that was happening. Um, and I, I needed, I needed to take a step back and, and focus on myself and focus on my family and focus on the phase that I was currently undergoing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt also like, oh, great. You know, I created this community alongside my dear friend Odalis. And by the way, I just want to say she's done a fantastic job. And, you know, when I was, um, you know, not participating at the, at the beginning of the year, balancing it on she has two kids she has a two-year-old and a five-year-old so I just want to say you know moms will cut other moms a lot of slack and that is a that is a wonderful you know way of empowering one another 
when one mother says to another, I can't, I need help. And they come in and swoop in and they make it happen. So I just want to say that to our founder of Dallas, you're a badass. <laughs> and you kept Virtual Mom Collective going. And from that, you know, I realized that when I took the time for myself, then I could contribute again to the community. When I stopped feeling that shame, then I could again empower my community. Yeah. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing. It's a cyclical thing. It's I say I'm a work in progress. I'll always be a work in progress. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And that's why community is so important. Like you said, having that support system, having a place where you can go and feel like you're supported, feel like you can be heard, participate in events and learn from other moms and really get that level of attention. And like you said, like that evolution piece, like having somewhere where you can go and where you're constantly learning and listening and, you know, giving yourself that space and that grace to develop, whether it's as an individual or as a better mother. So that's definitely important. And asking for help is huge because women, you know, we're taught not to ask for help. We're taught to have to like be the martyr, do everything on your own. Like, and I think that's changing a lot. I think a lot of us are starting to realize, Hey, this is not sustainable, especially after the pandemic, knowing that we can't live in isolation. We're not meant to parent um, in isolation so that's just a really beautiful like message and lesson that of like the past two years really of what this whole situation has been teaching us right so where do you envision the community growing like what is your intention and your hope for the virtual mom collective so i want to say that our met our message definitely remains the same we're always going to be the community that empowers the stay-at-home and working mother in quarantine or post-quarantine, but uh, in particular to navigating this new normal because we don't really know what this new normal is yet. We're still kind of feeling it out. Um, We still don't have, you know, childcare. We're not unsure of whether we want to send our children to school. So, you know, those, those items are really important because if we're back to work or we are self-employed um, as well and have our own business at home, it can be even more challenging with what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. So I see the Virtual Mom Collective, again, as the, the lifesaver, the beacon of support, um, the community that will continue to serve, uh, even if we do get to meet in person, which we're excited that we're going to be having our first social distance lunch um, in June. And I see it as a beautiful collection of all the moms we've done, we've connected with in quarantine. Um, being able to maybe perhaps not embrace, but have a conversation where, you know, maybe they feel like it's time and it's going to continue to serve with the same, the same needs of the mother, right? Because even if we do hybrid events um, in person and, and virtual, we will always have a stepping cornerstone in, in, you know, female empowerment of finding help through, you know, post-pandemic conditions, or, you know, if it gets better, we maybe perhaps will, will be a, um, I want to say like a full-on yearly conference where moms can get together and sort of 
talk about how their business has transformed, you know, during this whole process, or maybe they started a business in the middle of the pandemic or, or whatnot, but it's definitely going to be a community that's going to serve for hybrid purposes, because we also, you know, serve a lot of moms who are not in state. They're all, you know, all over the United States and around the globe. And that's a beautiful thing because if you can help truly mom through, you know, any sort of resources that we offer, whether it be the webinars or events or like a masterclass course, or like one-on-one business connections, which has happened within our community, which is incredible. It, we just want to continue to, to, you know, do the same, spark those connections and be there for, for our moms. So we're growing, you know, we had last year, I want to say 30 members and now we are almost up to 70 members. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, um, we're excited. We're really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's just such a beautiful um, way to bring moms together who are stay at home moms and who are working moms. Um, who are dealing with the same, if not more, level of like scrutiny and mental health issues and who may not be, they're experiencing a different level of isolation than people who are, um, who are not. So that's a beautiful cause and to be able to get to people together through these virtual events and just have, there's just so much like substance there and just so much to be able to take away and like learn from other women and feel really supported and connected. Um, so thank you so much, Denise. This was amazing. And you're familiar with mantras. So what is your personal mantra? My personal mantra. That's a really good question, Christine. To think about that. Um, my mantra would have probably been different. Um, after I had, before I had the baby. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think, um, I think, yeah, I think my mantra would be know your self worth mm-hmm. in your best and worst state. Oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't understand, right? You don't understand the sadness that you go through. You won't really ever understand what true joy feels like. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, just know your self-worth at all times and in your bad moments and your good moments. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. All right. Thank you, Denise. So we'll include all of the links and all of the ways that people can join and engage with the Virtual Mom Collective. And thank you for being a member. Uh, Our Mamas is one of our, our, you know, we love you, you host a lot of our, our, out of our webinar events and you're one of our favorite uh, brand partners, as we like to say. So thank you for your continued support. You're a phenomenal mom and you have a phenomenal platform as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm just so grateful to have been, um, in community with you and to support all of the amazing initiatives and things that you do, because it's just so important for all of us to kind of stick together and find our people, you know, so we're not in this alone. Yes. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Own Mamas podcast. Please leave a review and share this platform with a woman in your life who can benefit from the message. Our book, Mantras, Mantras for Mindful Moms is currently available on Amazon. If you'd like to continue the conversation, connect with us on Instagram at 
all mamas. 